You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 41 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great Val, how are you going? Good, good. What have you been doing and shooting and rendering and stuff Oh my god, it's so good today after like the worst winter ever, Mm. like spring has just decided to turn up. It's like winter just went, that's it, nah, going. And it's like about 24 degrees today. And this is in Melbourne, where you are? Yes, it's blue skies, sunshine, amazing. What about up there? Is it it warm there too? Yeah, so I'm in Sydney and it's been, yeah, like the first day of summer. Of course, it's spring, but of course our US listeners will be going in the opposite direction. So uh, you'll be taking photos of snowflakes and autumn leaves, or you call it fall there, don't you? Uh, But we'll be taking more photos of beach scenes and boats and and swimsuits. And I've been on the beach shooting and I've been shooting um, high-profile athletes with large entourages. Really? (laughs) Yes. Why would they need a large entourage? I don't know, but there was many, many people (laughs) who I needed to come with, but it was a great, um, great shoot there. And so, yeah, lots and lots of stuff been going on and currently uh, my – bolognese sauce is bubbling away as we speak now so and I've had a lot of um requests for that recipe after my last newsletter Val yeah <laughs> yes so Gina um uh compared her bolognese sauce to what was that again Gina uh so the slow cooked meal is like cook, uh, is working with TIFF files rather than <laughs> JPEG files and when you process and retouch in JPEGs, it's like a stir fry. Okay, so <laughs> this is the way Gina thinks. Yes. <laughs> and to get more of it, it's it's unique take on photography, I tell you. Uh, go to ginamilitia.com, M-I-L-I-C-I-A, because that's where you can sign up for her very quirky newsletter. It's been funny because people are writing back to me going, oh, thanks, I love that, the TIFF JPEG, that's great. Can I have the recipe? <laughs> So I've been sending it out. So news at ginamilitia.com if you want my um, the Sicilian bolognese recipe handed down through the ages. Oh, my God. Too funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you have an interesting link for us. I have a link that I absolutely love. Um, so... These parents uh, troll their daughter and boyfriend by recreating their Facebook selfies. 
and it's right. so funny. So, so there's um, the daughter and the boyfriend pose for these uh, sort of really set up selfies of them as a couple. Like it might be the daughter looking pensively at the camera with her hand under her chin and her boyfriend's kissing her on the neck, right? Mm-hmm. So glamorous, maybe, I don't know, they're late teen, 20 something couple, okay? Yeah. And then. The dad and mum do the same pose, recreate it. Oh, it's a classic. It's on, it's on board Panda and they also have, uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, but they also have, you know, the, the, the young couple looking really rock chic kind of with an Iron Maiden T-shirt on and, and all in black and, you, and his cap is on backwards and they're doing a real uh, Iron Maiden kind of pose. Um, and this, the parents have replicated the exact same photo. It's so good. It's <laughs> a uh, The daughter's name is Emily Musson and her reaction is, my parents are actually on drugs or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess this is funny, but not like over 30,000K funds, faves funny. <laughs> <laughs> Her parents are a classic. So we'll put the link in the show notes. It's quite hilarious. You know, big props to her parents for <laughs> just taking the piss out of her. I should do that to my daughter, Val. You I should. should copy, I should copy all her. Um... I'd like to say that. <laughs> she wouldn't speak to me. <laughs> I'd like to say that. Classic. It's never going to happen. <laughs> all right. Also a big shout out to Ken Bergen. Yeah. Yes, Ken, why is that? Ken braved going into what he calls Gina's punishment room. <laughs> he went to um he went to Spotlight, which is a a fabric uh, what's it what's a haberdashery, is that what it's called? That Yeah, like, basically a fabric yeah. shop. Yeah, he went in there, took a oh. photo and and uh, agreed with me that women in there have a tone about them. Yes, because Gina goes to Brave Spotlight herself when she wants to buy material for a whole range of things, either for props or for backgrounds or to make sandbags. What Mm. else do you go in there for? Uh, Do you remember the name of the fabric that you use for creating uh, DIY uh, light softeners or light modifiers, Val? Oh, the white something? Ripstop nylon. Ripstop nylon. Yeah, so things like that. And I buy like uh, upholstery material makes great backgrounds Mm. and just general bits and pieces. But it's like I try and uh, limit my visits because I'm scared of the women there. So just go to the the, uh, bargain bin at Spotlight next time you're looking for some good backgrounds for your shots. Yeah, fantastic. (laughs) really is. And we have a listener question from Tom Rourke. And Tom says, Gina, your podcasts are what takes me to work every morning. (laughs) Great show. But his question is, I have a trip planned for Ireland next year. I plan to be there two weeks. What do I bring? I have a Canon 6D, a Canon 50mm, Canon 85mm, can Canon 24 to 135. So they're his three lenses, mm-hmm. 50, 85, and 24 to 135. Bringing a small tripod and my flash. Also have a Tamron 28-300. But my shots are always too soft. I know I need to travel light. Will I use a 70 to 200 at all? I'm thinking for lenses, all I will really need is my 24 to 105. What would you bring? Tom Rourke from Alverton. 
Mm, good question. And so basically when I travel, I travel with my uh, Canon 5D Mark III, which is the lightest of my cameras, and a 24 to 105. Sometimes I will bring, which I think he's got, what's his widest lens? He doesn't have anything wider than the 24 to 105. Uh, sometimes I'll bring my 16 to 35, and I always bring it and I never use it. So mm. this trip that I've got coming up, Val, I'm not, I'm going to go with the 24 to 105 and one camera. I also bring um, two speed lights. Two. two? Yeah, so in case I want to light someone from the front and put a backlight mm. in, just handy. I will have uh, a, a lightweight tripod and uh, two uh, remote triggers for the camera, a small softbox, and that's it. And what a spare, a spare, um, um, what's it called? Hard drive. What do you do with your speed lights? Do you use a voice activated light stand? So as I have, uh, I will have a pole that, that the speed lights go on and I have something called gorilla pods, which are little baby tripods for speed lights that have like bendy legs so that you can hang them off doors, wrap them around poles. Because mm. what if I'm travelling, I might have one assistant. I'm never going to have two. So I might have to like put one somewhere and, le and leave it up. And then if I don't have an assistant, I'm just going to flag a passerby. Right. To say, here, hold this for a minute. <laughs> so, so you have a, you have an extendable pole that fits into your luggage. An extendable pole that fits into my luggage, and um, yeah, and and the tripod. Sometimes, if I'm doing a lot of um, internal flights, I might even might not even bring the tripod. I'll leave that behind and try and use other means, um, or but tr try and have the lightest uh, tripod possible. But it's very hard these days, Val. Especially the it's the not the long haul flights. It's all those internal flights where, you know, your luggage is so limited mm. and the, the airlines are really clamping down on how much you build. I used to, like, try and sneak 20 or 30 kilos in my carry-on of mm. gear, but they weigh, they weigh everything now. You can't do that anymore. So um, he asks about, will the 70 to 200, will he need it at all? I think it's too long a lens when you're travelling. It's too heavy and mm. probably not. I think the 24 to 105 covers everything you don't need. Um, anything else. Uh, spare uh, memory cards and mm. spare battery. That's it. Charger and, and that's all you need. And the 24 to 105 will do everything they need. You've got the long length for, for portraits and you've got the wide for landscapes. Covers everything. It's fast enough. It's great. I love that lens. Love it. want to kiss it. <laughs> okay, perfect. So I hope that helps Tom, especially if you want to travel light. Now, before we move on to this week's topic, which is how to take great character portraits, which you would certainly not be able to do so well with the 70 to 200 if you're, you know, passing by someone at the street and you want to get a good shot of them <laughs> close up. Inconspicuously. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe, yeah. <laughs> Rip that big boy out. <laughs> uh, we... I, we have a photo critique from – the photo is from Ron Navarrete and um, he is about to embark on a new website dedicated to his music photography. And this is important 
to him considering the evolution of his photography and where it's going is truly exciting, he says. Therefore, he's thinking of using an image, which we will put in the show notes, but it's a great image of an uh, old-fashioned microphone, you know, the kind that um, radio announcers used to speak into or uh, people at the boxing used to speak into, the MC at the boxing used to speak into, those old-fashioned uh, microphones. And he's got a shot of that, and it's a horizontal shot with the uh, microphone more taking up the left side of the screen and it's a side-on view of the microphone um, with a blurred background. So he's asking mm. for a critique of the photo mm. and he, the point is he's using that, he wants to use that image as a new logo for his new website. Mm. Gina. So I, I love these microphones and uh, I think it would make a great logo for his, for his uh, music page and I think it's really, because you look at that, it says music to me straight away. So mm. in terms of a critique on the shot, uh, I probably would have liked to have seen him pull back slightly and have more background like uh, more definition in the background? No, more more area of background. So uh. at the moment, the the microphone takes up half of the frame, a, a little bit more. I mean, not it, it's coming into the second half of the frame. I would like to have seen the microphone maybe being uh, a third of the frame and then having background fill the rest. Uh, but in the same style. So what he's done is he's come in very close on the microphone, focused on the microphone. So the background is completely out of focus. So he's got great bokeh there. You can see mm. that it's something you imagine it's an event going on, you know, mm. in the background. So there's light, light, lots of sparkle and it's it's quite moody. Uh, in terms of the, uh, uh, the execution of the shot itself, uh, there's a couple of spots on the microphone because it's a, a reflective surface that are really hot, as in they're the highlights, but there's no detail in the highlights. They're overexposed. Mm. So um, probably when you were, were shooting that, um, Ron, I, I might have like exposed for the highlights instead and you would have got a darker image overall, but then you could have brought it all back in post-production. So with the image that you've got now, I, I think it's a little bit too contrasty. So what I would do is if you put that into Lightroom uh, or using Camera Raw, I would the first thing I would do is open up the shadows. So find a shadow slider and add more definition to your shadows. So that's going to bring, um, uh, like, it will sort of flatten out the image a little bit more. It'll be less contrasty. I would try and find a way to bring some detail back into that highlight because my eye goes straight there to that, that hot spot in the middle. Um, and then and then bring back, and then maybe, like, it would also work as a black and white. But they're the two things that I would do for that image and that would just bring it up. So it just needs a little bit of a lift in, in the shadow detail. But aside from that, I think, it's a real, I think it says music to me. What do you think, Val? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great shot. and mm. I don't think I have much more to add. Um, I would like to just see it in black and white. I'm not sure it might be too contrasty yeah. uh, in black and white, but um, I think it works perfectly, mm. perfectly the way it is. Mm. So mm. good on you, Ron. Thanks for yes. sharing that with us. But this week, let's move on to this week's topic, which yep. is all about how to take great character portraits. But first, I want to understand what you mean by character portraits so that we're all just on the same page. Right. So character is uh, a, a photograph of someone who is 
unusual, interesting, eccentric. They stand out from the crowd. They have something about them that's memorable at first glance, as opposed to maybe a model portrait where you're looking at someone who's just beautiful you know, but, but in a, that right. nothing stands out. So is um, a celebrity portrait, a character portrait? Well, you can get, uh, if they're a, a character celebrity, I guess like you can have some iconic characters, maybe like, you know, uh, Andy Warhol, the artist, you know, mm-hmm. you think of him, he's, he stood out cause he was quite eccentric. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would, I would say that like someone like Elvis Presley, that's a character. Like he's, you could do a caricature of him very easily cause it's right. the hair and the, the, the oversized coats that he wears. Um, Someone you know, with a very specific look, A specific, mean? distinctive look about them. Okay. Something so that not, stands out, you not know. Not Nicole Kidman. No, because, like, you know, Hollywood starlets, the thing about Hollywood starlets, blonde, blue-eyed, fair-skinned, they all look the same yeah. at the end of the day. They have a distinctive look and so do Hollywood leading men. You know, you could line them up and they're all kind of interchangeable really. So, yeah. But, you know, someone like Prince Charles, yeah. large ears <laughs> sort of, he has right. a look, he has a, quite a, a character about him. Um, you know, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, big okay. guy, big muscles. He's one of a kind. Yes. You're not going to get many other people like that. And then you can get made-up characters as well, Val. Mm-hmm. Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Oh, yes. Brando in The Godfather. Right, in- so someone in character. Yes, Indiana Jones, James Bond, Dirty Harry, you know, okay. uh, the kid from Home Alone, yeah. Mad okay. Max. Because sometimes characters. you are shooting people... In character. Yes. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But, and you can do character portraits of someone in character or you can create a character portrait from someone that you see and you turn them into, um, turn that into a character portrait or there might be something about them that stands out. So they don't have to be famous. It could be the guy at the corner shop. Uh-huh. It, provided that What? He may have a, uh, a, a something about his um, his features that that really stands out. Like there's a really famous uh, National Geographic uh, photo by Steve McCurry of an Afghan girl, and if you see it, like I think most the one with of the very piercing eyes, green eyes. Yeah. Okay, so here's an example of a like a really strong character portrait, you know, because of her eyes, you know, okay. and uh, and the way she's looking into the camera, and so and then there's other ones uh, like you see. And we'll put the example in the show notes as well. So you, you see Brando um, in his publicity photo for the Wild One, you know, that, that that that's a character. He's leaning over his bike. He's got the the cap on, the leather jacket. There's all these there's all these um, clues in there that you know that that, that 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 make up make it up to be a really sort of uh, strong character photo. Now, Val, it doesn't necessarily have to be people, right? Animals can have character as well, and there's lots of examples of great, amazing photographers who photograph animals and can give them character. Like there's um, an example in the show notes of a, a photographer who um, has done some some amazing character portraits of his dog, mm. 
And um, so you can do you can do fantastic. I should do them a Rexy. You could. <laughs> you could. <Not> my cat. <laughs> so uh, the the photographer name his name is Danny de los Muros, and he's a Spanish photographer, and he's got this incredibly charismatic dog. But the way this guy has fought, has photographed the dog, oh it, yes. Go, oh my god! That's yes. it's so much character. We'll put the link in the show notes, but they're great. Yeah, yeah. Worth, so worth look. fantastic. Um, so there's there's so many things you can do when it comes to character, and it, and it's I mean it's not just that. So you, it's, d- people have definite like um, uh, features, uh, you, like someone can be very, very old and so the face has a lot of character because of all the wrinkles. It tells a story just by looking at it. Or it could be someone like Donald Trump. (laughs) His hair. Mm -hmm. It's so unique. He stands out. There's no one else like him really. Um, Or muscular like like Arnie or someone who uh, has a preppy, nerdy look. Or, uh, you know, someone powerful, like a powerful businessman like Gordon Gecko, or your bombshell like Marilyn Monroe or Jessica Rabbit, you know, that sort of look. Uh, like a, a child star, like, you know, uh, the kid in Home Alone or, or Shirley Temple or something like that. Or, you know, there's even um, strong female characters like Barbara Streisand, mm-hmm. right? Strong character face. Had she have had a nose job, which a lot of uh, her uh, um, people like recommended early on, you should get mm. a nose job. Then she would have looked like everyone other. else. Yeah, but she yes. didn't. So now her face has character. Like poor you know? Jennifer Grey. Remember Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing? Yeah, she did, and then she lost, mm. the, lost her looks. Uh, uh, Madonna after she had a foot nose job. Yeah. Madonna, not just her body, like that that muscular physique that she had, but also the fact that she had that gap in her teeth mm. and she's kept that. Like mm. that's a character face yep. as well. So, okay. um, yeah, there's, there's a photographer. I'm going to let you have a go at that name, Val, because there's no way oh, I can. <laughs> Maha Top, top Kajik. <laughs> I don't know. M A J A for anyone yep. who's yep. listening. T O P C A G I C. Yes. She Maya, probably Maya. Maya, yeah. Top Kaji. Don't really know. Maya photographs only redheads. Right. Blue eyes. And wow. uh, have a look. There's a link in the show notes to her 500 pics page. Just extraordinary. And so um, the shot I've got in the show notes, Val, is of uh, a very, very tight crop mm. of a redhead, uh, young, maybe uh, late teen uh, girl, mm. bright, you know, bright red hair and beautiful blue eyes and lots and lots of freckles, fair skin, lots of freckles. And the hair is sort of some of it sweeping across her face and it's cropped right in tight yep. into the forehead and into the face. She photographs these by how, – how do you think by looking at that shot that, that it's been photographed? Ooh, from – I don't know. Because it's not how you think. So it looks like that you've just she's standing in front of her mm. and she's photographed her like that. But what she does is she uh, has her models lay on the ground mm. 
and she will stand over them and photograph them. Right. Like that. Mm. So from above. And that's why she gets that, it, like it's quite a unique perspective. And then what she does is she'll photograph on an overcast day mm. and use a large silver reflector to reflect back into the eyes yeah. to, to make the, the eyes like Lua, they, even oh, well, they look incredible. Light. Yes. Clever. Amazing technique. So Very clever. So she only Like photograph- a giant catch light. It's magnificent. It's just mm. such a great way to photograph um, uh, portraits like that and the, and the angle as well. So she only photographs redheads, very strong portraits like that. The other thing that you can do it, and uh, that, that some people do is uh, photograph people. There's a photographer called Lee Jeffries who uh, photographs the, the homeless Okay, and and so what he did was he he started um he started uh, photo the first person that he tried to photograph caught him as he was taking the photo and called him out on it, and then he realised that it's not fair for him to just go around and and photograph people sneakily. Mm. So he decided that he wanted to really get into into their world, mm. um and his photos are absolutely stunning so all his all the homeless people that he photographs are actually uh you know 90% of them are looking square into the camera they're all black and white they're gritty they're like the faces are lined you can see the pain in the face he said he steps into their world and when it comes to strong character portraits oh. these are amazing. unbelievable aren't they amazing amazing just really gritty, um, high contrast, beautiful black and white. So you've got the contrast of like, you know, the subject matter, which is, um, you know, homeless people, but he's, he's, he's photographed them with so much dignity that they just all, they're just all beautiful, beautiful, strong images, amazing, incredible portfolio. Mm. Um, there's another guy, uh, uh, Aaron Draper, who also uh, does the same thing, um, and, and but he he, uh, whereas uh, Lee Jeffries just uses natural light, Aaron lights his photos, and Lee Jeffries will have a plain background behind his portrait. So the hero of the shot is the face. Yeah. They're very tight. There is the the backgrounds are nondescript. It'll be a blank wall or you know just a dark color. But Aaron Aaron Draper actually will what he'll do is he'll do the he'll do portraits as an environmental portrait. So he'll yes. have he'll have the the uh, the homeless people in their environment, and he lights them, and um, they're quite cinematic. Is the is the approach that he uses, and and he's he makes them all look really dignified and beautiful, and he puts them in really beautiful kind of romantic settings even though they're homeless uh, maybe romantic's not quite the right word he no, puts probably. them in, in the actual settings so that's think romantic about the portraits don't you think that's like the lighting is so beautiful their pose they're they're, yes. they're just gorgeous shots they yeah, really the, are the lighting is beautiful so even though the um the setting might be his mattress you know, um, and, and and surrounded by all these plastic bags, it's shot as if, you know, Grace Coddington was shooting Alice in Wonderland for Vogue kind of thing, which is a really interesting technique. 
isn't it? And and so the the, the images and, and, and there's a one guy who's who's got his backpack on and he's carrying all these blankets and he's being shot sort of with a field in the background, but it's shot as if it's Hugh Jackman on the set of the movie Australia. Yes. So the light is really warm. There's something really positive and hopeful mm. about all these images. They're, by no means do, do you look at them and you think homeless person, yes. bleak, sad. Yes. There's hope in all the images. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's using, like using everything, the environment and everything to, to create these character portraits. Yeah, they're great. We'll put that link in the show notes. Definitely ones to look at. All right. So, yeah. So, you know how I mentioned my uh, bolognese earlier today? <laughs> yes. And like, you're making me hungry. I know. I kind of like using food to describe photographic techniques. Okay. And so I, I, I see uh, character portraits are like different meals. All right, so some foods are so amazing and so powerful that they don't need anything. They don't need spices or they don't need sauces because they just stand alone. Like Nutella. Yes, Mm. or chocolate. Oh, yes. Or oysters. Oh, no, that can do a little bit. A bit of lime, but if you've ever had oysters, have you ever had fresh oysters where you just pick them off the rocks? Have you ever done that? No. So that they don't need anything because it's the salt water gives them that saltiness, and there's there's such a powerful such a powerful flavour that you don't need really need to put anything on them. Okay. Like, and the Nutella, nothing. It, it's just straight out of the jar is fine. Anything else is kind of like a like a waste of calories as far straight as straight out of the jar with your new spoon. Such a beautiful spoon, Valerie. <laughs> I'm so, and, and this is going to uh, travel everywhere with me. Uh, there is nothing Nutella and a spoon can't So I, I sent Gina a, a spoon just for her Nutella. But... Yes. <laughs> it's quite a large spoon. It's, that's going to have me polishing off the jar very quickly, Val. Okay. <laughs> mm. so, um, so those the, those sorts of foods, strong and standalone, yes. um, yeah, you don't need anything else. Okay. Then there's other foods that they're kind of bland. Like avocado. And they need, oh, this, we're going to disagree on food All right. here. Okay. But, well, maybe not avocado. But, you know, avocado on its own is fine. It's almost up in there with Nutella, but there's other right. foods that are so bland that you need spices and sauces to bring out the flavour. Yes. Beef mince. Oh, yeah. So beef mince without anything, mm, not great. Not great. But salt, pepper, sauce, garlic, mm. yum. Onion. You've got the ma- onion. You've got the makings of a good bolognese, right? Yes, yes. Chicken breast is the same. Chicken breast on its own, dry and boring. Boring, but you add a good fat and salt and lemon to that. Mm. Very, very tasty. Okay. All right. Is this going somewhere? Yes. So finally, you can you can you can take an ingredient as well that that's um that's uh, not very interesting, like beef mince, you can make it into a patty, add lettuce, mayo, pickles, onions on a sesame <laughs> bun and some fries yes. and that is the makings of an environmental character shot. So okay. Nutella is 
the character shot where the person is such an amazing character that they don't need anything else. You're just right. photographing the person. They're the hero of the shot. Right. Okay. The Bolognese character portrait is where you've got a character that needs um, a little bit more to help you tell the story, right? Okay. So you might need to add props to the portrait to help you tell the story. And finally, the Whopper or the Big Mac meal <laughs> is where you've got someone who, who is possibly interesting, but to make them more interesting, you're going to add props and an environment to make it a better character portrait. Okay, so the Nutella might be Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, because he's such got such a strong face. And the what's the what other one that you said? The one that ne- bolognese. The, the bolognese would be mm-hmm. Naomi Watts. Well, what props would you use with her? With Naomi Watts, mm-hmm. you'd have to put her into character, I think, mm. to make right. her okay. and 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 shoot her in an environment. I'm guessing, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and the Whopper would be maybe like Jimmy Kimmel. Not Jimmy Kimmel, uh-huh. Jimmy Fallon. Uh-huh, and where would you have him? You would shoot him in, like, your great technique with comedians where you shoot the straight guy doing something really weird. Shoot, no, you know what I mean? Shoot him looking straight because people are expecting the comedians to do something funny. So with a twist. With a twist. So Jimmy Kimmel I would do as a Bolognese, Fel. Fallon or Kimmel? Camp Fallon. Fallon. Oh, sorry. Fel- I'd do him as a Bolognese. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I'm getting this so wrong. Yeah. So, basically, <laughs> yeah. so but that's okay, Fel. <laughs> Did I get Arnie right? Yeah, Arnie or like someone like um, name uh, an old and weathered uh, – or someone really eccentric looking. Like, you know, if you're photographing Oprah, uh-huh. you wouldn't need to do anything else with her. She's not old and weathered. <laughs> I know, but she has such a distinctive face. Right. You don't need to do anything else. It'd be about her and that's enough for it to be a character portrait. Right. Robert De Niro? That's enough. Just him. Yeah. Okay. Got, Got it? it? Yes. Great character face. Just him. Fill the frame with his face. Okay. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and then Jimmy Fallon, I'd do him as the Bolognese, which would be I'd have a couple of props in there. It might be a slight twist right. to give it, yeah. and but a clean background. So I've got examples. Oh, there's Gary. Yeah. <laughs> I've got examples, Val, sorry about that, of um, all those three styles. So and tell me I'm... how you would shoot Naomi Watts. Naomi Watts, it would be – Beautiful lighting and her face up top because you've got a very beautiful face, right? Yeah. yeah. So it would be about her exceptional beauty with the background. But but she's not – She doesn't she's look like – She's not a character very... portrait is what you're saying. No. Okay. I've really stuffed this up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. You keep going, Gina. I clearly need this episode. You do. So I've got an example, right, of um, some some of each different style of portrait in there. And um, so the first one is 
Gary Sweet. Yes. So for US listeners, Gary Sweet is a uh, famous Australian actor and, um, you know, he has quite a distinctive look. He does. So basically uh, he, he was in character for this particular shoot that we did with him and he was playing a, a, a small-time gangster in a series and I needed to get a character shot of him. But his face is uh, really is, he's a, he's, a, he's a well-known character actor, actor, so he has a very good character face. Mm. The particular shot that I've got, he's dead square to camera. So it's not a three-quarter shot, it's like, nose straight down the middle mm. right staring down into my into my lens and mm. so um i i took advantage of 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 that fact that it was just going to be a standalone found a clean background in the um in the studio to use so the reason i've gone with a plain background for this is i just wanted it to be about gary's face only that like that's the hero of the shot so if i had have picked another part of my studio say like um looking into the studio where you've got windows and guff even though it's out of focus it's really distracting to the mm. whole image so i just wanted it to keep it as clean as possible it's the nutella it stands alone it doesn't need anything else added to it and the other thing that I, I look for in a, in, a, in a subject like this Val is to have uh, a strong kind of lighting so um, I think if you want to add character to someone's face the thing that adds character is either the expression or the lines on the face and and so I think the lines last, what do you mean by yes. the lines well so last week we talked about beauty lighting right and the thing with beauty lighting is you want to make someone look um uh beautiful and soft and so you use as much uh soft fill light as possible so you're filling in all the crevices yeah and and you're removing detail from the face with a character um portrait it's the lines and the expression that give right. the person character. So we're adding detail back in. And the way to do that is to use a harder light source and a more contrasty kind of light. So in this case, I've used, uh, it's, it's, it was a fairly sort of a hard light coming from camera left mm -hmm. uh, through a window and he's side lit and then it's spilling over a, li a little bit in the Rembrandt style to the other side of his face. And Val, do you remember from our show about lighting styles what Rembrandt's lighting was? That's the one where you have the triangle of light under the eye. Spot on, well done. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so this is a a Rembrandt style of lighting, but it's a, it's a very gritty, hard style of lighting. So you can see every single pore in his face. You can count them. You can. I hope see... you never do a character portrait of no, me. No, I'm not going to do a character portrait <laughs> of you, Val. So you can see all the lines. You can see, you know, the um his bat, his brow, and and the lines. What are the lines in between? Um. The eyebrows called what are they is the there frown lines the frown lines like a very heavy and deep yes. etched in his face how and did then, you get his expression so to it's get quite it's quite fierce it's fierce and so this was the last shot of the day it was one that i tacked on it wasn't on the call sheet 
Gary wanted to go home. He had a taxi waiting and I had this shot in mind that I really wanted to get. I had a camera set up. I said, I need a minute. That's all. And then I had him there. And okay, so he was already a little bit annoyed, but he was ready to crack a smile. But I'm like, no, I want you to look and I want you to look dark and mean because he's playing a, a, a gangster. Mm. You know, yeah, small time gangster, and, he, and I wanted him to stay in character. So I egged him on a little bit. Okay. I reverted back to 15 year old and just said, You know, come on, is that the best you can do? Come on, <laughs> look at me. Come on. I said, I could tell you. I said, You're weak. I could, I could probably, you know, if we had a fight, I'd win. You know, all that sort of um, <laughs> trash talking behind yes. the camera, you know, gently, but enough to annoy him to bring out that expression. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's an excellent expression. The other thing to do with that sort of shot, Val, is I just lowered the camera slightly so I'm shooting beneath him so that he appears taller and more powerful and heroic, which is another good thing to do for character shots. Okay. A bit more menacing too. A bit more menacing. So, yeah, so that's that's the the Nutella. Okay. I love the Nutella. Yes. So I now I understand the Nutella, and I'm sorry to confuse everyone before. We're now going to move on to the bolognese, and I'm just going to let Gina explain the bolognese because clearly I had it all wrong. So basically the bolognese is where you've got a character uh, to take a portrait of, but the character on their own is not enough to tell the story about what they do. So you want a character portrait. It visually, there's enough interest in there that you look at that portrait and you say, oh, yeah, he's uh, a lumberjack or he's, uh, you know, a motorcyclist or something like that. There's visual cues in there to give away the shot. When it's the Nutella portrait where it's just all about their visual characteristics, it doesn't matter that there's nothing else in the shot because it's their features that are so striking that sell the shot. Right. Okay. So when it comes to the bolognese, we need to add – uh, some visual cues in there that are going to sell the character shot for us. So mm-hmm. basically adding props helps to tell the story and set the mood of the portrait. So again, we've got a clean background, nothing distracting. It's mm-hmm. still all about the character of the of the, the person, but right. a couple of props added just to say at first glance, you know, what that person is or there is enough in there to make it intriguing for you to want to read the story about them. So you think that the plain background is important and yes, you I do. should only use a couple of actual props like as in props as in things in their hands or that they're leaning on or whatever. Yeah, just a couple to say okay. that that helps tell the story and it, it, it might not give away the entire story, but it's enough to be intriguing enough for the person to look at the image to want to uh, learn more about the person. So do you mean something obvious like if they're a croupier at a casino, they might hold some cards? Yes. Right, okay. Or you might have like uh, you might be photographing uh, a well-known athlete, okay, mm-hmm. who's in mm-hmm. a suit and uh, you want everyone who doesn't know who they are to know what they do. So if it's, yep. say, if it was a soccer player, you mm. might have holding a soccer ball. Right. Got while it. Or suit. So yeah? it's just one, uh, one subtle hint. One subtle sense. hint, you right. know. Or it could be a poker player and he's um, flipping a, a chip, a yep. poker chip in his, in his hand. He's tossing it in the air and you can see that it's a chip. And you know, well, he must have something to do with poker. Mm. 
Okay. Yeah. So I've got a couple of examples here in the show notes. I've got a portrait of Frank Woodley, who's uh, normally a slapstick comedian, Val. He's like yes. always photographed doing loony, zany things, yes. rubbery face and all of that. I decided that for his portrait, I'd photograph him more like James Bond. So he's in a, um, he's in a suit, he's in a tuxedo. He's standing there, um, you know, looking very dapper. He's got one eyebrow raised and he's got that expression on his face like he's, he's cool. He's He's ultra yes. cool and, you know, he could be saying, yes, James Bond. Um, and then coming into the frame, that's the James Bond, the Scottish one. Who was that? Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery. That's my Sean you Connery. You do a very good job. Really? Yes. Or are you just humouring me? Anyway, so, <laughs> so um, coming into the frame, the, my visual uh, – clues in this shot, uh, I've got uh, a hand coming in camera left, which is holding a glass of champagne. Mm. Just the hand is coming into the frame and just into camera right, there's a hand holding a glass, uh, a bottle of champagne. There's another hand coming in camera right that's fixing his tie. Mm. And another couple of hands at the top of the frame that are coming in and just uh, tidying his hair. Right. And so because the story for this was that he was uh, uh, launching his own show and it was champagne comedy. Boom, boom. Um. Right. So and and that was that's how I saw it. So it's still a character portrait just with the visual cues in there to uh, sell it as that shot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's a great shot. Yeah, so um, and and so that's what I would do. Just a simple portrait. There's another one in the in the notes of uh, Rowan Anderson, who is a uh, a food blogger who who hunts who 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 creates all his own food. So he he hunts for his meals. He grows his own veggies. He makes his own sauces. He does everything himself. Okay. Mm. So to photograph him, I wanted everyone at first glance to know what he did. And so I've got him. Uh, he's got a shotgun. Uh, uh, resting on his uh, like on his shoulder, and uh, he's got uh, a couple of rabbits that he's just hunted in in, in the other hand, and he's standing there, dirty ha- uh, yeah, dirty Harry style. Mm. Um, you know, he's got that go ahead, make my day. <laughs> so it, there is a danger that you can do something cliched and twee. You know what I mean? So what are your suggestions for that? So you don't pick something that's just really obvious. Um, do you have any guidelines for that so that that we're not picking a prop that's just ridiculously cliched or that's going to end up looking cliched? Well, it's just a matter of what isn't cliched these days, Val. It's all been done, hasn't it? Right. But it's good to just kind of think of something that is a twist and it's not the obvious thing to do, you know. Mm. Like if I was photographing you... Because you're not going to photograph me as a character portrait. I'm not do, do you with nice lighting. <laughs> like you could be done as a bolognese, Val. Okay. You could be done as a bolognese. And, and so if someone, like if Time Magazine were going to put you on the cover as the most influential <laughs> woman of like okay. 2016, okay. Sure. Let's work on that. <laughs> possibly not holding a typewriter or something like that or holding books would be obvious, wouldn't it? Yes. You know? So you'd need to think of a twist for that, which I haven't okay. thought of yet for you. 
but okay, we've put Gina on the spot here. <laughs> so instead, we'll just move on and, we'll, and Gina will think about it during the week and we'll come back next week with how I'm going to end up on the cover of Time magazine in 2016. Yeah, yeah. All right. Let, so next. Okay, I like that. The bolognese is just, a, again, with a plain background but with just one or two props that give the hint to what is behind that story. Yeah. Okay, what's next? What's the next so, on the menu? So now we've got the Whopper, the burger with the lot. So okay. this is a combination of the character plus props plus location plus attitude plus vibe. So it's the whole shot. It's the whole shot. So basically uh, in the show notes there I've got uh, a portrait of the Granita man of Modica. So he is a like uh, a man, he's in his late 70s. He's been dr- uh, driving around the streets of Modica in, in, in Ragusa, Sicily uh, since like the 50s delivering wow. Granita, which is a nice, like an ice version of gelato, right? Oh, yes. And um, so... I could have taken a portrait of him, just a tight shot, but no one knows really outside of Sicily knows who he is. So Mm. I wanted to tell his own story at a glance. So then we bring his van in, which is like, you know, straight out of the 1950s. It's got that uh, beautiful uh, font from the 1950s saying Mm. Granita on the car. He's leaning against the car. He's dressed in his gelato-making gear, like he's got his white lab coat on and the pants. Mm. And then in the background, I've used uh, the uh, like the crumbling sort of facade of a building that just to me says uh, Sicily. All right, so it's the whole everything is in there as as visual uh, cues to say this guy makes gelati. He owns a van, and uh, he's from somewhere in Italy. Okay, yeah, and it looks like. A shot from the 50s. I mean, it looks like it could have been from the 50s, actually. Yeah, because there's nothing in there that says modern day anything. There's no signage or anything to give it away or any cars in the background. Mm. So that's another great way that you can do a character portrait. You can do a portrait of someone of someone in that sort of environment uh, in a 1950s style, right? So that they could be uh, like all decked up in, in 1950s makeup and uh, and clothes and and find a sort of a location that's still 1950s, all right? So it makes mm. a great, another great way to do a character portrait. Yeah, cool. Very, yeah, very nice. So is the point of the Whopper with a lot? Yes, that you actually need the location to really tell the story of the person? So it's more like an, it is an environmental character portrait. And, yes, I think right. it helps to put them in their environment and you really sell the shot. So at a glance you go, okay, this guy, this is what he does. Or, you know, if you were doing um, – so, and, and it's for more people who, like, no one knows who they are. So you want yes. to tell their whole story – with an right. image rather than having to write all the words go. So if it's a deli owner, he might be in his deli surrounded by salamis yes. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. exactly. And it's got everything in there and then his strong character face, but then there's all the giveaways of right. what he does. And if, you, if it was a waitress, you might be right – like really still in the middle of the busy restaurant, but you see all the flurry in, you know, blurred vision of, of, of what's going on around her. 
And that would be a great shot, Val. So you shoot that with tripod, you mm. make her stand completely still, but all around her is like everyone's moving around, so they're all a bit blurred, and it shows in one image that she works somewhere that's hectic. Yeah, great. All right, I get it. Right, Whopper with the lot, fantastic. All right, so um, uh, what else? Have we got so, anything else on the menu, dessert or something? <laughs> yeah, so dessert, dessert? valve is, is the post-production. Okay, yeah. So basically uh, the post-production is like when I'm setting up a shot, I actually see it the way I want it to be finished in post-production. So yes. if I'm looking at a shot, uh, setting it up, I'm always seeing it in my mind's eye in the way that I will create it. So if it's if it's meant to be black and white, that's how I'm seeing it. Okay, so um, the post-production you do to your character portrait, how you edit your portrait can make a huge difference to how it looks. And just to give you an example of this, I've got a portrait of Lockie Hume from a series uh, called Beaconsfield uh, that was done here in, in Australia. About, yeah, about a miner, a couple of miners who were trapped from Tasmania for like days and mm. they were rescued. It was a like whole tragic series of events. And he, so he's played uh, the miner in the, in the in the show. And this this image has been seen everywhere, Val. Oh, yes. I've seen it on billboards, on TV guides, on posters. I've I've seen this image everywhere. And it's, it's, it's yeah, a shot of Lockie Hume as the, one of the miners. So it's a really gritty, contrasty black and white portrait. He's got oil and grease on his face. Um, you know, his clothes are dirty. It's dark, but his piercing blue eyes, they pop. Even though it's black and white, his eyes, like, uh, stand out in this portrait. When you have a look, I've also posted in the show notes, Val, the before shot, you can see just how different it looked from when I shot it to how I, uh, how I created it in, 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 in the editing process. And it's like they're two different, completely different shots. I have to say uh, I highly encourage listeners to go to the show notes for episode 41 because, as I mentioned before, I have seen the final shot in many, many places because Beaconsfield was the, – the television series was quite well promoted, quite a big deal here. And it's quite an iconic shot. And this is the first time I am seeing the original photo of where this iconic shot came from. And I am gobsmacked. I had no idea that it would be that different. It's Mm. amazing. Um, Mm. I have to say thank you for sharing that, Gina, because... We don't always see the you know original shots. We always see the the the, the final one that ends up on billboards. Mm. But this is astounding. The difference. Can you talk us through? I just don't, I I would never have envisaged that final shot if I had seen the original shot, which looks like just a pretty straightforward shot. Oh, thanks, Val. I just like I feel vulnerable, and you're telling me that the before shot just looks like nothing. Is that no, what you're saying? That's like, not more. You feeling vulnerable? Let, let, let me put. Um, I wouldn't have gonna... had that vision because <laughs> one of the things that if I saw that before, if I saw that before shot, or that if I saw that actor in front of me, one of the things, and maybe this is my lack of experience, that I would have done is because he's a bit dirty and grimy because he's playing yeah. a minor, but yeah. the final shot, he's really dirty and grimy and he looks, it just looks awesome. Uh, one of the things I would have done is sort of thought, oh, should he be dirtier? Should hair and makeup put more 
gunk on him. But obviously that wasn't needed because the final shot is perfect. Yeah, so I've learnt my lesson with that. So often um, that's the first thing that I think when someone comes on and it's meant, and it's meant to be a shot where they're, they're, they're looking grungy or dirty, I'll say to the makeup artist, do you think we need a bit more dirt on their face? And if it's an older, experienced makeup artist, they usually say, shut up, Gina, we know what we're doing, <laughs> right? But the younger ones might go, oh, yeah, we'll put some more on for you. And then I always regret that, Val, because it's like the experienced mm. ones know that like less is more in these situations and if you go and put too much on it suddenly starts to look fake yeah right so mm. it's got to be the the right amount to to get away you know to make it look like uh, realistic so the the shot itself was again lit with daylight it was we were in a um like a an old uh warehouse that had those frosted windows so it was lit there was a window about seven seven foot high that just a tiny window that was just letting in this little pocket of light and and I used that to to light him and I used my 85 millimeter 1.2 lens just focused on the eyes so that's why they really pop and everything else uh, drops out of focus and uh, and then in the uh, post production, I've just really ramped up the uh, the clarity, so the to the contrast in the mid tones, and and uh, the uh, contrast overall, and uh, and uh, you get this really gritty, dark looking shot. And for um, everyone who has uh, signed up to my newsletter, Val, uh, sometime in the next, uh, look out for it, sometimes in the, in, the, in the next couple of newsletters, I'm going to send out a, uh, a free version of this uh, as a Lightroom preset so that you can, uh, people can use it to um, convert their own black and white images to have this gritty sort of a look. Oh, that's awesome. That's mm. fantastic. So, um, yeah, if you've not joined up to Gina's newsletter, uh, that's where Gina sends out her free Lightroom presets. Um, so do make sure that you join up because that's the only place you'll be able to get it. And you can do that at ginamilitia.com. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, that's really generous of you, Gina. No worries. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um that's dessert post-production anything else that you want to add all right so maybe the sprinkles that go on the dessert uh, which <laughs> okay. are the little details so it's like whenever I'm shooting it's because I've worked so long um for editorial val I'm yeah. always looking at ways to fill the spread so you know if someone's commissioning me to do just one portrait I'm always thinking of ways that I can make that become a four or five page spread for me and right. even if you're just shooting portraits for yourself you want to think of ways that you can fill the page on the website and make things interesting as well so looking at little details to um, complement the portrait or often it's the little details that can be the portrait itself so by that I mean say if you're photographing uh, an elderly lady rather than mm. photographing her face Photograph her hands because oh. it's like if, you've, if you're doing a portrait of someone who's uh, worked hard all their life with their hands, often the hands, you know, can be such, can be such a powerful portrait or mm. someone who um, sews. As a, as a profession, you know, is a seamstress or something like that, a detailed shot of those hands sewing can look amazing or a guitarist, 
that's playing the guitar, tight shot of the hands, mm. again, can look amazing. And I've seen some fantastic shots of um, male ballet dancers. Rather than photographing them as a whole portrait, uh, photographers will just take a photo of their legs like a tight right. shot to show all the muscles and, and everything, or or uh, a runner just photograph their feet. Yeah. It can make a really interesting portrait as well. Mm, I've never thought of that. Yeah. Never so, thought of that. Yeah, great yeah. idea. Okay, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I guess if you've, got the, if you've got the model or the person in front of you, don't just go for the obvious. Always tell the rest of the story if you can yeah. because yeah. as a magazine editor, I know that I crave those little inset pictures. Yeah. inset pics and so often like someone's gone to Elle McPherson's house or whatever and they haven't bothered to get those little inset pics and it's and it just drives me crazy mm. and they tell me oh she had this great kitchen I said oh yeah, did well, you take a photo of the it? freaking kitchen no, I didn't <laughs> I forgot I forgot exactly <laughs> well I think that without a doubt that hashtag Gina challenge has to be character this week yeah. and you can interpret that however you like and we have to say we're really sorry because we forgot <laughs> about hashtag Gina challenge for the last two episodes I don't know what mm. went wrong with us no. but it's back hashtag Gina challenge if you are not familiar with it every week we pick a new topic and uh, it this week it's character other weeks it's been lighting or black and white or water or whatever and uh, for those of you who feel inclined uh, upload your shot associated with that topic to your own Instagram or to the Facebook community so just search for us on Facebook so you want to be a photographer podcast community it's a great community people of all different levels so don't be afraid if you're a newbie hey I'm not that flash but I upload my photos from time to time and uh, this week it, uh, uh, so when you upload your photo whether it's to Instagram or Facebook make sure you uh, tag it hashtag Gina challenge and hashtag character or whatever the topic is for that particular week and I'm really keen to uh, see the shots that people come up with Can't for wait. Um, this this week yeah mm. but uh before we wrap up, tell us what you're doing in the coming week before we talk again. So I'm shooting and uh, and then at the end of the week I'm travelling, Val, and I think you're travelling too, aren't you, but not with me. What, what are you doing? No, I'm not going to anywhere near as exotic as you. I'm just going to Brisbane to run some workshops. That's exotic. Brisbane. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 okay. It's a bit exotic. Where are you going, Gina? I'm off to uh, Vegas and Cuba. So I think when this uh, episode airs, I will probably be in Cuba. So check out my um, Instagram feed. Hopefully I'll have uh, Wi-Fi over there and uh, I'll be posting images. So in terms of exotic, you win. <laughs> you win. Um, but uh, thank you for listening, everyone. If you do have 30 seconds to leave us a review or rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it really helps us in the ratings. Thank you so much. And we look forward to chatting to you next week. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. <laughs>